the score at the end of two periods. Northeastern eight. Merrimack one. I'm Mike Macknick with John Lane. Tonight's second intermission is brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Well, been a while since we've talked with Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com, College Hockey News, and the Eagle Tribune. And, uh, well, Mike, this worrying trend here of the last few weeks, four times now in the last six games that the Warriors have given up seven goals or more in a game. It is now 8-1 to here at the end of two. Uh, I guess, you know, my first question for you is, you know, I don't, I don't think that we could have seen this coming, but, uh, you know, what happened, I guess, three or four weeks ago? I mean, this is almost unheard of to go through a stretch where you give up this many goals in a short amount of time. And you can look back, look back at full seasons and you say how many times have teams given up seven or seven goals in a game, and, and it's not many. Uh, so to have three here in, in a two-week span is is really it's something. <laughs> yeah, and uh, John had mentioned that uh, that they hadn't given up uh, eight in a game in, in 13 years, and it's happened now twice in the last three weeks, three or four weeks. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, I know it's you go back to that you know 2004, 2005 season, and, and uh, even 06, 07, I would have figured maybe you get a couple in there. But yeah, it's it's not good. Uh, you know, and, and tonight too, the weird thing was we, we don't have a shot shot in the second period yet. But one of the things I noticed in the first was you look inside the grade A area, you know, inside the house. One of those five goals came from inside the house. Everything else came from the outside. So I don't know if it's as much of a defensive problem in terms of keeping pucks out of the, the grade A area. They seem to do that in the first period. North, Northeastern only attempted four shots from grade A in the first period and scored five goals. So uh, there's, uh, I don't know what it is right now, but clearly, you know, it's it's the biggest thing that they need to fix right now. There's no question. Yeah, a chance for uh, Logan Holiday, who got the start tonight. Uh, he gave up five before uh, coming out of the game. Craig Fantano came in. He's given up three more. And really, uh, you know, you got a situation where you can't really look at any of the goalies and say that, you know, he's the one that is, uh, you know, is leading the way right now. Yeah, and that's the thing. And two of them are shorthanded goals. And I think it's a situation where uh, with with the play going the way it's gone the last couple of weeks, I think with Halliday healthy again, you look at him and say, okay, well, he hasn't gotten a start yet. You know, he played two games last year. Neither one, neither one of them were a start. So uh, it doesn't really feel like anyone solidified that spot. So uh, if that's the case, you give your third guy a shot. See, see, see what he has. I mean, at one point, Craig Bantana was the third guy, and he took the job last year. So you don't know what you have until you, until you get that shot. You know, another thing, too, when you look at some of these games, because now you can go back and you can find a half a dozen or so games where they, they've given up, say, three or more in the first period. You know, the, the Army game, 3 nothing, uh, You know, or even two, you know, in some cases, the 2 nothing deficit at UMass, you know, falling behind by multiple goals in the first period. Uh, but you can look at, at, at those games and say, or at least for the ones where they, you know, the, the Army game giving up three, the Bemidji game giving up five, that uh, Providence game giving up three, and so on. You know, you can look at a number of those games and say, well, they they, you know, they they came back after that. They played better in the second and third periods, and uh, in the second period here didn't wasn't really. I mean, it started out perhaps you know a bit better, but it certainly did not end up that way. No, it didn't. And Northeastern's a really good third period team. I mean, you look at their numbers. They've actually Northeastern, well, not anymore. <laughs> they've been outscored if you look at the first two periods combined uh, this year, and then they've just blown out teams in the third. So I, I don't necessarily expect that this time around. You get eight one lead. You're going to play things a little bit differently, you think? But uh, you know what? I mean, this is also a team that... 
I don't expect them to take their foot off the gas. I just don't. You know, I think they're gonna they're gonna try to get some more here, and that's you're gonna have to find a way to stop them. I mean, the, the game's over. It's an eight-one game. The game's over, but you want to try to find a way to stop them and at least bring something positive into next weekend. Uh, Ryan Cook, a five-minute major for elbowing there. They looked at it originally; it was just a, a minor penalty, you know, and then a major penalty. What did you think of the the hit in the call? You know, I didn't really see the elbow. It's been, it's kind of far away, obviously, from where we are. But I thought it was more of a hit from behind at first at live speed. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily surprise me that it's a major. I think also too with, with the score the way it is, uh, the officials are probably also trying to take control of the game. They don't want anything to get out of hand. Uh, so if it was close, if it was marginal, it was going to be a major. I think just to try to squish anything before it starts. Uh, the news this week, Simon Loop is, is going to return to Sweden. I guess he's actually here at the game tonight, which is uh, good to hear. A team invited him to come, even though he made that decision that he's going to fly back home on Sunday and, uh, you know, be with his family, I guess, you know, according to uh, Scott Bork before the game. His father is, uh, you know, has been has been sick, so he's going to go back and help to take care of him and things like that. But uh, wanted to, uh, you know, get your thoughts. Uh, you know, you had the note there. They're down to seven defensemen now with Simon Loop uh, going, you know, potentially in a situation where one or two guys do get hurt, then, uh, you know, you may end up having to move somebody from forward back to defense. Uh, yeah, you might. Uh, you know, it's a, it's it's going to be a weird spot. I don't think they'll bring anybody in, and I could be wrong, but my, my guess is that they don't bring anybody in. A couple of years ago, Jeff Solo came in when they had some injuries and uh, lost a defenseman, Ethan, De- uh, not Ethan Stephan, Ethan Spaxman, uh, at the Christmas break, so they, they decided to bring a D in that year. I don't know if this is the same situation. Uh, they, they still have seven. You know, it's it's one of those things, too, where you, you look at where you are in the year, and they're going to be 4-10-1 and one after tonight. You know, if, if the record were reversed, they were 10-4-1, and one, you might be worried if you're going to have to play a forward at defense. I mean, not that you're going to write off the season, but uh, where they are, where they're going to find themselves in the standings, I'm not sure. The, the big thing would be, if, are you going to accelerate anyone that's on your list right now that's already signed an NLI? I'm not sure you're in a position where you want to take one of your D that you have committed and, and burn half a year of eligibility just to have an eighth defense. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, I think they'll probably stick with the seven, and then like I said, if they do get stuck, uh, somebody will, will roll back, or, or they'll just play five defensemen and, and figure out a way to make it work. I mean, we've seen them uh, rely on, on you know top two lines and top uh, two defensive pairs at other times this year as well. So, In no other season since at least 2002-03 has Merrimack given up eight goals in a game, as many as they have this year. Uh, 2002-2003, that was my first year as a student, so <laughs> that was a long time ago. Uh, that's actually funny that it would have been that year, because Joe Exter was was pretty good. That was his senior year. Actually, let me just revise uh, that note. In no other season since at least 2002-2003 have we allowed five-plus goals in two games. Last time Merrimack allowed two or more short-handed goals was the BU game, game two of the Hockey East quarterfinals in 2015. They had three. Yeah, the short-handed goals is a weird one, too, you know. It's just, I don't know if you're pressing on the power play. You're down 8-1. You're pressing, you're trying to get a goal. But they have two of them, and, and just kind of uncontested, too. I mean, even when, once they broke away in the breakaway solo in the first, and then I think it was picking another shorthanded goal in the second, uh, just they weren't really all contested all that much either. I mean, they had some separation, but uh, you'd like to see a guy challenge a little bit more. You're on a power play, too. So, I mean, hey, if you've got to hook a guy down to, to prevent a breakaway and it's 4-on-4, four four, then, then that's what you do. You see that happen a lot, but you didn't see that 
happen on either of those plays either, uh, which was just, it was weird. You know, you usually at least see some type of battle there when a guy separates himself like that. Well, you know what else we've seen, and, I, and this has been a direct contribute to at least three of the goals tonight, is that they've just not taken care of the puck very well at all. We've seen just, and that was a, per- a perfect example of it, but whether it's been, uh, you know, misfiring on passes or just having the puck stolen, uh, you know, off of an attempted pass, they've just not done a very good job tonight at all of taking care of the puck and, and uh, uh, you know, have turned it over a number of times, which has resulted in good scoring chances and several goals. Yeah, and that's what happens. I think when, when things get away from you, too, you try to do some more things than, than you normally would if the game's closer, so it kind of opens up more chances for guys to, to make mistakes like that, and uh, they, they've started to pile up, and when you're facing a team that is as good as Northeastern is, they're going to capitalize and score some goals, and, and that's what they've done here eight times in, uh, in 40 minutes. So what do you do here? I mean, I thought we saw at the end of the first period at 5-1, it was going to be tough to come back, and just, you know, you want to do what you've done in those other games, and come back and say, well, we got to forget about the score and play our play better here in the second, play better in the third. Now, you know, instead of being down four, they're down seven with 20 minutes to play here now. It's the only game of the weekend. They know they are going to see these guys again in a week. Uh, what do you do here in the third? Yeah, I think you gotta, you got to show some type of life. You know, because like you said, you're going to see them a, a week from now. So uh, it's different if this is your last game of the year against them or you're not going to see them for another three months. And uh, this game will be fresh out of the memory by the time you get to it. But a week from now, it's a little different, right? So if you can come out here and win the third period, now all of a sudden you've, you've set yourself up for maybe some success next weekend. Whereas if you if you fold and, and, and pack things in and, and you, get, you, know, you finish getting blown out here and they score even more in the third, that's not the way you want to end the game next week. Do you play your third? third goaltender, Drew Vogel, here tonight. I don't mean third on the depth chart. I just mean the third goaltender the other two have played already tonight. Do you play him here in the third and say, okay, you know, here's your chance to, to earn the right to play on Friday? Or do you say, with the score already the way that it is, you don't want to end up having three goaltenders all end up getting, you know, giving up a number of goals tonight? That's yeah, a tough call. <laughs> it's a tough call. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I, th- I think if it were me, I, I think I think you've got three guys here. I think, you know, they're all 20 years old or older or whatever it is. You, you can handle it. That's what I was going to say. I, th- I think if it were me, I'd probably you throw Vogler out there and say, okay, now all three of you got in a shot. The best one is going to start on – the best one's going to start next weekend. So, yeah, that's probably what I would do, but uh, – up. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, Mike. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, thanks. That's Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com, the Eagle Tribune, and College Hockey News. Score after two, Northeastern eight, Merrimack one back after this. This is Warrior Hockey.